The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, too, the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and there you can see two videos at the top of the page. One on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you missed that and you'd like to catch it, and it's really good, by the way, uh, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern today, at which time uh, he'll be live in that little area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got. Click on the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner, and uh, join us in the chat on Rumble. A lot of friends over there this morning. Good morning to you guys. Good to see you. Uh, glad that you stopped in and uh, gave us your time this morning. And uh, please, subscribe to the channel while you're there. Yeah, I know Rumble's doing things. I, I have a hard time. I'm going to tell you, I have a hard time believing <laughs> this is growing pains. I, I really do. I'm just going to tell you, I, when I see what they promote and when I see what's getting all these views, and I, I know the baser sort of man, I get it. I, I get that. But it's very interesting what we encounter on our channel. I'll just let me just put it that way. And if you guys have watched our channel for any time, you'll remember how you'll see the fluctuation of our numbers is drastic. It's like uh, it's just crazy. Anyway, um, I, I don't complain about it. The Lord knows who needs to hear and who needs to see, and I'm okay with that. But it's clear that that there's a manipulation going on. Okay. So anyway. Uh, <clears throat> subscribe to that channel, Sons of Liberty Radio. Uh, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Excuse me, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. That's the channel, and uh, we appreciate your support there. We're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page, and appreciate Michael and his team giving us a spot there. On Sons of Liberty Media, 
back there, right up under where we're streaming live, there's a place where you can sign up for our email newsletter. It's the top right side of the page on the side there. Um, you just put your email in there. You can get all the articles we have that go out for the day, including the morning show archive. So yesterday's with uh, with Bill Moore. Uh, that's available there. You can still get it. By the way, let me just show you, uh, you guys on the video platform. And again, if you're listening by way of radio and you want to you know, jump over, I'm going to be playing some videos today. You probably want to see some of this so you see it with your eyes. Okay, This, uh, this was the clip I played from Norm Olson yesterday. And then there's a 10-part, this is the Senate hearing. So if you want to hear the whole thing, if you want to know what the militia really is, this guy, I think he's got a pretty good handle on it, okay? It's well worth your time. This, I, this was 95, 1995, that's when it occurred, okay? Right in front of the Senate. And you want to hear a man be a man? This guy's it. This guy's it. Now, I learned so much from this guy and I don't know why these are blacked out. It may be an issue with Rumble. But in any case, all 10 parts are there. So I know some of you guys were, you know, interested in hearing this. And I know uh, I told um, uh, Judah, I call him Pickle. <laughs> I told him, I said, I'll send you this. You'll, you'll, see what, you'll see what I mean here. So I sent that to him uh, last night. And you guys can check that out. That's at sonsoflibertymedia.com. If later on you run across this video, like weeks or months or years after. I know people do run across those things. What you want to do is go to sonsoflibertymedia.com, go to the search bar, and if you don't know where that is, let me just show you real quick. So it's on here. It's right up under where you put your email in, and just put in men, militia, and Michigan. Okay, just like that. And put it in the search bar. It should be the first thing that comes up. Okay, so if, uh, if you're watching down the road, you've got that. Or if you're watching now. And by the way, let me just inform people. <clears throat> I have people who ask questions that are answered within the show, okay? And they ask on the video platform. Guys, I, I don't know what to say. You can, it, it, it's like um, it's like a cassette recorder. It's like a CD. That little rewind and fast forward buttons, they have it here. Let me show you. This is what our show would look like. And, and I'm not playing it, obviously, but... This little thing right down at the bottom, this little green bar, that's your, we call it scrubbing. Rewind, fast forward. Move it where you want. Listen to the show again. A lot of your questions are answered in the show itself. So it's not hard. I, I, don't, I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe some people don't understand the technology or what. I, I don't know, but um, that's how you do it. Just go back and play it, and you can reverse it and forward and whatever you want to do. Okay? You, can, you can find your answers there. You really can. Uh, because I'm going to tell you, uh, after the first day, if I if I even answer people, and we had somebody being uh, nasty in the chat, the live chat yesterday, and then they went down and they were trying to you know take shots in the in the comment section too, and it's like if you disagree, that's one thing. If you're coming in there and you're taking shots at people and you're using foul language and stuff like that, just expect you're going to be. You're going to be removed. Oh, Tim, don't you believe in free speech? Oh, yeah. But this isn't free speech. This is, these are just attacks. They're not disagreements. They're not any of this stuff. And then, oh, same people. I believe in knowing the enemy and the enemy's plan, but my goodness, I got to tell you, so many people feed. They feed on the enemy. That's what gets me. They spend all their time looking at all the enemy's camps and armies and fights and struggle. 
we hit that, and then we go. It's it's kind of like David. We see the giant there. Everybody's been talking about the giant. They've been quaking in their boots. They've been shaking. They've been hiding. They've been timid and everything else. And we go and say, here's what the giant's doing. Yeah, okay, here's what God says we should do. That's the solution. And with what I show you today, if you don't get that, I don't know how to help you. If you want to continue to go to the mire, if you want to continue to return to the vomit, I don't know how to help you. So I give what I believe the Lord has given us, and I trust that He knows how to move the hearts of the people that are His. That's simple as it can. If you want, if you, if you want the Reformed faith, that's what it is. It is all of God, all of it, from the preacher to the hearer to the doer. Okay, all of it is of God. He's the one who works in us both to will and to do His good pleasure, and He's the one who gets the glory for it. So here's what I want to do. I want to start out <clears throat> with um, this video that's that's recently been put out, and I'm trying to think of, uh, I think the the YouTube channel, and I want to give them credit, Vision Unsealed, I, th I think is the, the name of the, the group. And they did a little... It's about a 15-minute video, but it's very informative, and for all... And listen, stick with me. Just stick with me, okay? If you're ticked off because of the picture that I use, just stick with me. I'm going to let these guys speak for themselves, okay? I really am. I'm not going to put words in their mouth. I'm going to I'm gonna let them, them speak for themselves. But this video shows you exactly some of the stuff that I've talked about here, and that is... Whether it is, <clears throat> when I use the term pro-life establishment, don't let that freak you out that I'm necessarily talking about you. I may be. I may be, okay? But we're talking about people who have a lot of money and a lot of power to lose if abortion is actually abolished. They've got a lot of money to use, a lot of money to lose. they got their jobs to lose. Entire nonprofits would go down. And as a result, you need to know that. And this video is largely going to focus on House Speaker Mike Johnson before he became Speaker. And this comes from respected pastors such as Jeff Durbin. And I'm going to tell you, we tried to get Jeff on. I've got a couple of text messages from him. My understanding is he's very focused in what he does, and I understand that. You can't be just jumping on every radio show. I get it. I get it. But he's one who's doing it, and I know he's doing it, and how do I know he's doing it? Because one, I see him out there doing the stuff, and then I see his people doing it, too. I'm going to show you one, one of those people, too, and he's got a bunch of them. You can find the videos all over. Uh, I think it's Apologia Studios on YouTube, but he's a guy. He's a preacher who preaches, and he does. And so do his people. And um, <clears throat> praise God for that, that he's moved in those people there in the Phoenix area uh, to do such things. But Jeff also helps other people throughout the country. Okay, so this is, this is a video called The Untold Truth About the Pro-Life Establishment. And I'm telling you, some of you have seen this, um, but I want to play it for the audience. So if you are listening by way of the radio and you want to jump over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, or before it's news.com, top of the page on both of those, or on Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live, so you can see it, then please do so. 
but you'll be able to hear everything that's going on. There's a narration. Um, you'll you'll hear what all is taking place here, and uh, yeah, th this ought to it really ought to open the American people's eyes who call themselves pro-life. And I believe there are some pro-life people out there who really want a, the abolition of abortion. But they'll settle for the regulation and management of the murder of the unborn. And what does the Bible say, Exodus 20, 13? You shall not murder. And that's what abortion is. It's not a blob of flesh they're removing from the woman. It is a person made in the image and likeness of God. All right, here is the video. Check this out. Days of rallies and protests. One of the most heated abortion debates in Louisiana ground to a halt. Good evening, everyone. I'm Katie Moore. And I'm Sharice Gibson. Now, thanks for watching us. The debate got heated this evening at the Capitol as lawmakers debated the bill that could charge people for getting an abortion with murder. Mm -hmm. But in the end, lawmakers voted to strip away all of the most controversial language from that bill, and then they tabled it without a vote. Surprisingly, you have established pro-life organizations and our pro-life Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, to thank for blocking the Louisiana bill that would have identified a baby in the womb as a person. As a pastor, I was trying to warn other pastors and other Christians that the pro-life establishment didn't actually believe what the Christian church has always believed when it comes to the pre-born in the womb. I was trying to tell people that they were saying from the very top, the leaders of the pro-life industry were saying from the very top, that they believed that the mother was a victim. So the pro-life movement, for the you know almost 50 years that it's been in existence, has never called for, at least never officially, not as a movement, there might be a couple voices out there, um, have never called for punishing the woman who gets the abortion. Again, you have pro-life leaders, legislators, and even pastors, as we will see later in this video, to thank for more babies in the womb not seeing the light of day in Louisiana. House Bill 813 was not seen as palatable or even constitutional by politicians on both sides of the aisle. They came to an agreement tonight, but not without fierce debate on the House floor. Representative Danny McCormick's highly controversial anti-abortion bill was gutted by fellow Republicans Thursday. Did you hear that? It was not the Democrats, but the Republicans who stopped the equal protection bill. Representative Alan Sebaugh led the charge with an impassioned speech on the House floor that called House Bill 813 problematic and unconstitutional. <laughs> Pro-life and pro-choice protesters gathered in the rotunda before the vote, including groups from Oklahoma, Texas, and Arizona. Jeff Durbin is from Phoenix, Arizona. We were able to get bills into Arizona, Texas, South Carolina, Colorado, Pennsylvania, and also Louisiana. He disagrees with pro-life groups in Louisiana who condemned the original bill and applauded the amendment. Some House Republicans call it the death of a bad bill. Keep these two gentlemen in mind as you watch this video because they have stepped into uncharted territory that only a few have dared to step into, with one goal in mind, to save the most vulnerable human beings, babies in the womb, from those who seek lives. The pro-life establishment has been thwarting actively, stopping the bills of the abolition of abortion consistently and across the board. Many Christians don't understand that we had a historic moment in the state of Louisiana 
a bill of equal protection that went into the state of Louisiana to protect all human life from the moment of fertilization equally. It's a very simple bill. This bill actually made it to the hearing. This bill passed the hearing overwhelmingly. The House Criminal Justice Committee approved McCormick's bill 7-2 to two last Wednesday. Thank you, Committee. It now heads House to the House floor Thursday for debate. If the bill passes, the House Thursday will go to the Senate for a vote and then to Governor John Bell Edwards' desk. He historically takes a pro-life stance, but he has not said whether he would veto this bill or not. The week before the actual vote, we had the legislators in Louisiana looking at the bill saying, well, we're pro-life. This is the most pro-life bill we've ever seen. It's consistent. Of course, we'll pass it. And then that week, the establishment came in. Multiple prominent pro-life groups have come out against the bill, including Louisiana Right to Life. When a pro-life organization says that a woman is a victim, it eliminates the need for repentance for what they did to their unborn child. It is disturbing that pro-life organizations are the ones opposing bills that would have protected babies in the womb. I started writing bills for my state and then other states around the country and seeing these bills submitted by legislators. And guess who's the chief proponents coming out and attacking these bills? It's been the pro-life movement that's been coming out and killing these bills. All our, these bills do is say, hey, that same law, yeah, that applies to people before they're born. Thank you, Madam Chair and members of the committee. I'm Reverend Jeff Durbin. I'm the head of End Abortion Now. This particular bill is just a bill of equal protection. That's it. It says something that's unassailable. What's in the womb, of course, we believe is in the image of God. What's in the womb, incontrovertibly, is a unique, distinct human being. We've been here in history before, uh, members, only it was a different kind of human. We used to say, I know it looks like a person. It's not a person. It's a black man. We drew a circle around ourselves and said, it's human technically, but we can kill them, we can abuse them. They did it also in Germany. They said, I know it looks like a human, it's not a human, it's a Jew. We all look back at those atrocities and that evil and tyranny, and we say it's wicked. It's happening in our day. What this bill says is unassailable. What's in the womb is human from the moment of fertilization. I call you to establish justice. I call you to do your duty before God. I call you to repent Turn to Christ, establish justice, do what's right before God. There's a day of judgment in history ahead of us. Please I want to do thank you right. so much for your testimony. Missouri, where we, had, we got a committee hearing there, and then there were only two spots to testify against the bill. And guess who it was? It was the pro-life lobby. Thank you, Madam Chair, members of the committee, for the record. Susan Listen to Fine, these representing hypocrites. Representing Missouri Right to Life. Um, I'm going on record in opposition to the prosecution of women. And the number one That's source of hypocrite right there. That lady come, is. has come from these very groups that we saw here today. And so, um, yeah, they, they've exposed, I think, themselves for, you know, what they really believe and who they really are. Members of the committee, this guy Samuel right here Lee, is too. Uh, with Campaign Life Missouri, to testify in opposition to Senate Bill 356. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. This is not Pastor Jeff. I just want to uh, pause this a second. When I'm saying that, because I hate interrupting like while it's going on. I know some people, I, I like to let them say, but but these are hypocrites. This right to life, Missouri, Liber Louisiana, all this other. These people, I'm telling you, they want to keep their nonprofit because that's where their money is. That's where their livelihood is, is in this quote unquote fight. But as you can see, it's like the Harlem Globetrotters. See, WWE doesn't just happen in D.C., it's happening all around you, and a lot of it happens in these nonprofits. and these people come out, I'm against prosecuting a woman who paid a hitman to kill her baby. 
But they would be just fine if the woman was, was paying a hitman to kill her husband and she was prosecuted. They'd be just fine with that. And I'm going to get to more. I'm going to give you some. I'm going to give you some examples of that once this is done. But this is showing you, and it's going to show you even more, House Speaker Mike Johnson, this pro-life Christian, he's a hypocrite. He is a hypocrite. I don't know how you can do what he did here. It's devilish. It's just devilish. And the man's in need of serious repentance. He, he really is. For Brian accusing pro-life organizations, but you have heard these people publicly oppose bills that would designate babies in the womb as humans, which is how God sees them. We read the entire HB 813 bill, and it is straightforward. Unborn persons will be granted the same rights as born persons. I honestly thought that Mike would be uh, one of the few elected officials who would support a bill of equal protection. I anticipated that he would be on our side, so I was really shocked when he was not. In fact, um, the reason that Alan Seaball had such a dramatic change in his position inside of a week when he's shouting absolutely voting in favor of HB 813. Representative Seaball? Absolutely. Yes. And then a week later on the House floor, leading the charge to kill the bill and apologizing to all the legislators for, for helping advance this bill. House Bill 813 has a number of problems. And guess what? We already have laws which are going to go into effect when Roe versus Wade is overturned. So we don't need this bill. I had had a private conversation with Alan Seaball, and he told me that the reason that he had changed his position and was now going to kill the bill was because Mike Johnson called him and told him to kill the bill. You hear that? It was a bad bill. Mm -hmm. It was Mike Johnson's idea to gut the bill with the Seaball Amendment. It was Alan who helped us get the bill to the House floor vote. And then at Mike Johnson's urging, Alan killed the very bill that he had fought with us. Alan has one no integrity one, either. Uh, then. Supporters of our bill um, were telling me that they couldn't support it any longer because Mike Johnson had contacted them and told them not to support HB 813 any longer. Mike Johnson. To hear that Speaker Mike Johnson not only opposed the bill, but influenced legislators to scrap it is a real punch to the gut. As the saying goes, call a spade a spade. What he did was sinful, and Christians must not rationalize or make excuses for him. Yes, we should pray for our elected leaders because they are not perfect. But equally important, we must hold them accountable. I, I remember the first phone call I got was from uh, Dr. Will Hall, who leads the Office of Public Policy for the Louisiana Baptist Convention, of which my church is a part of. Uh, Dr. Hall had testified in committee in favor of HB 813. I remember that. Mr. Chairman, members, I'm Dr. Will Hall. I'm the director for the Office of Public Policy with the Louisiana Baptist Convention. I would say this, that indeed, Louisiana Baptists are pro-life from the womb through eternity. And so we would urge you to protect the innocent in the womb and pass HB 813. Thank you very much. He said, this is what we believe is Louisiana Baptist. This is what scripture requires. Equal protection for children in the womb. Will called me and he said, um, he said, I can't support the bill any longer. He told me that Mike told him not to support the bill. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And with that, the support of the Louisiana Baptist Convention and its 1,600 churches evaporated. 
And then I began getting text messages and phone calls from members of the Louisiana House of Representatives who would be voting on this bill. And they told me I can't support the bill anymore. Why? Some, some of them had personally um, sponsored the bill. I remember the Louisiana Conservative Caucus in the House of Representatives. It was over 40 members who personally signed their name saying that they were going to support HB 813. And now they're contacting me saying, I can't, I can't vote for the bill. Mike Johnson told me not to. And one after one, I watched an overwhelming majority of members of the Louisiana legislature who were going to pass HB 813 and make it law tell me they couldn't do it because Congressman Mike Johnson told them not to. When Mike Johnson was elected Speaker of the House, we made a video celebrating a fellow Christian and pro-lifer occupying such an important position. But it is disappointing to learn that he opposed a pro-life bill mainly for political reasons. Truthfully, this is why many people don't trust politicians. He says that he's pro-life. He says that he believes, publicly, he says that he believes that life begins at fertilization, that all human life should be protected. He says that's what he believes when he's speaking to the television cameras, when he's speaking to pro-life voters, when he's speaking to donors. Obviously, I don't need to cite volumes of medical journals to prove the fact that an unborn child is a human being. From the earliest stages of development, the unborn are distinct, living, and whole human beings. They are nonetheless equal because they share a common human nature. Humans have value simply because they are human. And if you deny this, it's difficult to say why objective human rights should apply to anyone. But the truth is, he fought to kill a bill that would do just that. Sadly, many pro-life politicians are willing to support pro-life bills provided those bills won't harm their political interests. Mike Johnson and high-ranking pro-life leaders pressured the Louisiana lawmakers to oppose HB 813 bill, not because they disagreed with it, but because the bill could cost them politically. And Mike Johnson told me he agrees with equal protection. Said he, agreed. he said, of course, pre-born children need equal protection, but we can't do it. Because if we pass a bill that totally bans abortion by giving children equal rights in the womb, then Republicans would lose elections, we would lose seats in U.S. Congress, we would lose seats in the state legislature. And he said it's just too costly politically. We can't totally ban abortion. We can't abolish abortion because it'll cost us political power. Who are these two gentlemen? Jeff Durbin and Brian Gunter are well-respected gospel preachers with a good track record of fighting to protect unborn babies. Jeff Durbin is the lead pastor of Apologia Church and the co-host of Apologia Radio and Apologia TV. In addition, Jeff runs a non-profit organization whose mission is to work with local churches and state legislation to protect pre-born babies. We learned about Jeff's work earlier this year through our YouTube community. Vision Unsealed financially supported their work because we believe that life is precious in the sight of the Lord, including the lives of unborn babies. Brian Gunter is the pastor of First Baptist Church in Livingston, Louisiana. Like Jeff Durbin, Pastor Brian Gunter has fought and continues to fight for babies who can't fight for themselves. Brian Gunter, pastor and messenger from First Baptist Church in Livingston, Louisiana. Uh, as I discussed with Tom, the chair of the Resolutions Committee, I would like to offer my resolution on equal protection for preborn children. For a Christian to say that an unborn child should not be protected just like any other human being is willfully ignorant, plainly evil, or not a Christian. 
In Jeremiah 1 verse 5, God sanctified and ordained Jeremiah to be a prophet while he was still in the womb. God identified Jeremiah as a person even before he was born. Listen to how the Word of God describes a baby in the womb in Psalm 139. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. Psalm 139, verses 13 to 14. Regardless of the circumstances leading to the pregnancy, every child in the womb is fearfully and wonderfully made by God. The lives of all babies are beautiful in the sight of the Lord, and no one, including the mother, has the right to take any life and anyone who does will give an account to God on the day of judgment. Lastly, to any mother who has gone through the experience of ending a pregnancy, please know that Jesus will forgive and cleanse you from all unrighteousness if you repent. Amen. Just like the woman caught in the act of adultery in John 8, Jesus neither condemned her nor condoned her sin, but he told her to go and sin no more. Don't live with the guilt of your sin. For the full video, head over to the Apologia Studios channel. Please support the work they do to save the lives of babies. Okay. All right. And this is Vision Unsealed. If you want to find them on YouTube, you're more than welcome to follow them. I'll have this video in the archive. But, but you see what's going on. Now, th this is not news to me, but I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what was news to me was that the pro-life movement supported this kind of stuff. Oh, gosh. I... I didn't find it out until Donald Trump was running for president. Okay, I'm going to take you back in time just a little bit. Just a few years back, I don't know if this was 2015 or, four, or 16. But he was doing an interview with MSNBC. Some of you may remember this. And he was asked whether the woman in the abortion procedure should be punished along with the doctor. And his answer was off the cuff, yes. And I was like, I was, I was shocked. I was shocked. I really was. But within about 20, within, within 24 hours, probably about 12, he completely changed his position. Again, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And you can rest assured that Donald Trump is a double-minded man. He might be even a quadruple or five. Maybe that's what people refer to with 5D chess, that he just doesn't know what he's really doing. I mean, let me ask you people out there who have supported him. He said he's going to have a huge wall that Mexico's going to pay for it. It's going to be made with concrete and rebar. Does most of that wall that you see the illegal aliens coming through, is that concrete? Is that concrete and rebar? Or is that just big pieces of steel that are rusting with doors in the middle of them? Yeah. This is Donald Trump before. Before he was elected president on MSNBC, and this is where I discovered, and I'm going to show you, I'm going to tell you how I discovered that many in the pro-life movement, at least those who have a voice to speak out, and it's not all, I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush here, okay, I know there are people in the, in the pro-life movement who want abolition, I know that, I know that for a fact, but here's Trump, before he was put into the White House, and I want you to listen to what he says. I'm going to let I'm letting him say it himself, okay? And then we'll transition over to where he's at now, okay? Listen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Interesting. What should the law be on abortion? Well, I, I 
I have been pro-life. I know. What and should I've the law? I know your principle. That's a good value. But well, you know, what should be the law? This presidential election is going to be very important because when you say what's the law, nobody knows what the law is going to be. It depends on who gets what? elected because somebody's <laughs> going to appoint conservative judges. And so, okay, all right. I didn't realize this part here, okay, was in here, but I liked what he had to say when he got down to the thing. We know what the law is. Exodus 20:13. You shall not murder. That's the law. I don't care who's in the office. I don't care who writes whatever they write. The creator made the law. It's the natural law. It's the written law. They go hand in hand. And I don't care who writes, it's like the Second Amendment. I don't care who writes a law. It is unlawful. It's pretended law. It's what our forefathers called pretended law, pretended legislation for pretended crimes. They wrote it in the Declaration of Independence. Go and read that. That's what they were charging King George with. And now here we are. We got a bunch of King Georges like the Patriot guy from the movie. He says, now we don't have one tyrant 3,000 miles away. We've got 3,000 of them, or I should say about 500 in D.C., determining it along with the other hundreds who are in our state capitals who won't, do, who won't take a stand and be men and let their yes be yes and their no, no. This is Donald Trump. Someone's going to appoint liberal judges depending on who wins. I've so, never understood the pro-life position. Well, I never understood you know, because I understand the principle. Understand. It's human life as people see it. Well, Which what it crime? Is. What, well, what crime is it? Well, it's human life. No, should the woman be punished for having an abortion? Uh, look, uh, I would say that it's a very serious problem, and it's a problem that we have to decide on. Uh, is it's very? But you're I mean, forbidding are you going it. To say, well, wait. Are you going to say put them in jail? Are you, is that? Well, the no. What I'm asking you about? because you say you want to ban it. What's I, that I mean? Would, I am against. I am pro-life. Yes. What is ban? How do you ban abortion? How do you actually do it? Well, you know, you'll go back to a a position like they had, where people will perhaps go to illegal places. Yeah, but you have to ban it. Do you believe no, but, in but you're, do you believe in punishment for abortion? Yes or no? Is a principle. Uh, the answer is that there has to be some form of punishment for the woman. Yeah, there has to be some form. Ten cents, ten years. I don't what? know. That I don't know. That well, why I don't not? Know. I don't you know. You take positions and everything else. I frankly, I do take positions and everything else. It's a very complicated position. I'm asking you're running it's for not president. I'm not. Chris, I'm asking you, Chris, what should a woman face no, no, if she chooses I, I to have I'm an abortion? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to play that game. You, game. You have. You, you said you're pro-life. You have. I am pro-life. That means banning abortion. And so is the Catholic Church pro-life. All right, so 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 you get it. Oh, whoops, I didn't mean to click that on again. You get it. At least right there, there's some things. He's obviously confused. He's trying to put the thing out. But right there, he was right on. Again, if a woman hires a hitman to off her husband, who's responsible for that? Who's gonna be Who's gonna be standing before the judge? The woman and the hitman, right? Now the hitman's probably gonna face more because he's the guy who actually uh, more punishment. Uh, and it's not really even justice. I mean, they're going to throw him in jail. There, Very seldom do you find the death penalty given out. And that is, you know, Chris Matthews is asking actually a good question. He's actually, he says, oh, this is a good principle. Well, then, Chris, why don't you sign on to it? But he doesn't. He's for pro-choice to murder your baby. That's what the real pro-choice slogan should be. You've got to finish it out so that you understand what the choice is. The choice is to murder your baby or not. Now look, everybody has that choice before them. Everybody who has a child has that. The question is, are you going to murder your baby or are you going to love that baby? 
And then the, the, the other question is, are you going to raise it in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, or are you going to grow it in the world system? What are you going to do? So Donald Trump says the right thing here, okay? He says, he says exactly the right thing as far as, yes, the woman should face some kind of uh, punishment. The very next day, the next day after this got out and it caused all this brouhaha, which is really good, don't get me wrong, the brouhaha is good. I've been in in this. I don't. I don't want to say industry. I, I've been working in this thing of media and information and stuff for more than a decade now. I believe exactly that little slogan. All pub publicity is good publicity. And what Donald Trump should have done if he actually believed this, which I don't believe he does. I believe he's. I believe he's a confused individual. I believe he will turn whatever color he's got to turn to blend in and to get the votes and to get the power and to get the money. I, I, I honestly do. I really do. And I'm not trying to attack him. I'm, I'm just saying I see him for what he is. He's been like this for years. The very next day, this was the news. Critics from all sides are condemning Donald Trump this morning for saying that he would punish women for having abortions if they ever become illegal. The Republican frontrunner quickly pulled back those comments, but the damage was already done. Democrats, Republicans, and even anti-abortion groups were quick to denounce Donald Trump. Major Garrett is in Chicago with the latest comments to spark controversy about the Trump campaign. Major, some people say, here we go again. Good morning. Good morning. On plenty of issues, Donald Trump has defined himself by what he has said and how he has said it. But beyond the controversy and the flamboyance, a couple of questions have persisted. What does Trump really know? What does he actually believe? Well, all of this came together yesterday when Trump did something almost without precedent, angering those who support and oppose abortion rights at exactly the same time. It's the latest demonstration of how little Donald has thought about it. Okay, I'm stopping for people who are on the radio. This is Ted Cruz talking, and Ted Cruz is another one. He's a compromised man, and he's a compromiser. Now, look, I am fine with compromise that doesn't deal with morality. For instance, Congress is afforded certain things they can write legislation on to help the states deal with one another, okay? They're not there to write, quote-unquote, things that the state are, deal with. They're very limited in their scope. We've been through that before, Article 1. And so if they determine, hey, we're, you know, this guy wants to spend a million dollars on something that's constitution, this guy wants to spend $500,000 on it, and they compromise and they say, we'll do seven fifty, dollars But it's on something that's constitutional, that's fine. That's a fine compromise, okay? As long as it gets the job done that they're given to do. But when you're dealing with a moral issue, there can be no compromise here. It's not like you've got a middle space you can go of saying, well, we're going to sort of, I don't, I don't even know how you compromise on this. This is so clear and so plain. I don't know how you compromise, but this is Ted Cruz in this part of the, the, uh, the news report here. And any of the serious issues facing this country. Of course, women shouldn't be punished. I don't look. I, you know, I think here's another guy. What is this guy? Uh, that he didn't say it or he was misquoted or whatever. Ted Cruz and John Kasich both criticized John Donald Kasich. Trump for saying women seeking abortions should be punished if the procedure was made illegal. Uh, the answer is that 
there has to be some form of punishment. For the woman? Yeah, there has to be some form. 10 cents, 10 years, I don't what? Know. That I don't know. During a heated televised exchange on MSNBC, Trump appeared uncomfortable discussing abortion and fumbled over questions about its criminalization. I am against, I am pro-life, yes. What is ban, how do you ban abortion? How do you actually do it? Well, you know, you'll go back to a, a position like they had where people will perhaps go to illegal places, yeah. but you have to ban it. Groups opposed to abortion rights immediately denounced Trump, saying, we have never advocated in any context for the punishment of women and calling the comments completely out of touch with the pro-life movement. Within hours, Trump's campaign reversed course, issuing a statement that the doctor would be held legally responsible, not the woman, uh, and insisting Trump's position has not changed. <laughs> oh, it hasn't. Ban partial birth abortion. Well, look, I am pro-choice in every respect. But Trump's uh -huh. former stance uh -huh. in favor of abortion rights has been something Cruz and allies have been trying to highlight unsuccessfully until now. Cruz is leading Trump by 10 points ahead of next Tuesday's Wisconsin primary, but among women, the gap grows even larger. Okay, so I'm going to stop right there. This is during the thing. Ted Cruz isn't qualified to run for the White House. The guy is not a natural-born citizen. He was born in Canada. He had to be naturalized. Now, if you don't understand that, maybe we're going to do a show because I'm looking into this uh, Ramaswamy or whatever his name is. I have some questions about whether he's eligible for the office, too, just as much as Kamala Harris, Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka, Mitt Romney. The, the list goes on of people who don't meet the qualification for natural-born citizen, and Ted Cruz doesn't meet that. He became a citizen, if he even became one. I haven't, seen, I haven't even seen his birth, his records that his, his, his mother and father would have had to have filled out so that he would become a citizen, because here's the difference. You are a natural-born citizen if you're born of, na of natural citizen parents, okay? That, that's the issue. Plain and simple. You say, where did you get that from? Battelle's Law of Nations. Our, the framers of the Constitution had three copies of it. We know that from Ben Franklin, that they were given that. That was a part of there. And Battelle was the only guy who defined what a natural-born citizen was. So when you when we had the video of Trey Gowdy down here in South Carolina, my friend Evan Mulch was confronting him over natural-born citizen. Trey goes, we don't know what they, what they, how they define natural-born citizen. Of course we do. It's right there in black and white. Vitell's the law of nations. I've quoted it before where he says, both parents need to be citizens. And frankly, I don't even think it mattered where the child was born. As long as this, as long as the specifically the father, but both parents were citizens. But it really rested on the father. And yet he's in here doing what he's doing. Ted Cruz is compromised too. Don't think he isn't. And you know John Kasich is. You you know that guy is. My goodness. All of these guys fall under this. The day after Donald Trump said what he said there. I got a submission at sonsoflibertymedia.com by a guy who runs a family center something. I don't even know what the name of it is. Blasting Donald Trump for saying the woman should be punished. And this guy wrote infinitum about how the woman was the victim. 
This guy's in need of repentance too. He's in need of repentance as well. And I wrote him back and I said, you have got to be kidding me. This is the first time I heard this. This is the first time I ever heard this. I, in all of my days, I thought pro-life people wanted abortion ended. And look, we don't need a, a, a bill banning it. It's already illegal. When you bring in the issue of murder, that's the taking of human life. The life of man. That's already law. The only difference we're talking about is age and it happening inside a woman's body or outside the woman's body. But it's still the taking of life. This guy wrote to say the woman is the victim in all of this. No, friends, the woman is the instigator in all of it. Now, look, the woman may have all kinds of things going on, a lot of pressures, Family's going to ostracize her for certain things. I get that. But nevertheless, she has a choice that she makes, and she's responsible for that choice. And the church is going to have to step up, and they're going to have to start saying, you know what, we're going to have to learn to be uncomfortable with some things, and we're going to have to go to these women, and we're going to have to start helping them see their pregnancies through, Adopting their children, loving them. See, we talked about this in Michigan. Love in demonstration, not in saying, I love you, sister. But in a demonstration. Being willing to be uncomfortable, you know, mess up the schematics of our home or whatever it is to care for some of these, to show real love. And I know there's a lot of Christian families out there, husbands and wives, that for whatever reason, the Lord, you know, the womb is barren. And they want to they love children, and they want children for themselves. And they can't seem to get them. Start going, start going down to the abortion clinics. Start talking with some of these, these ladies that are coming in there. Many of them are distraught. Some of them are just willful and obstinate, and they, they're just going to go do it no matter what. But you have the chance to go in and to plant the seeds that God may use in bringing about their repentance and even saving that life. You have the opportunity. See, the power is in the people if they'll submit themselves unto God. It really is. And God uses those means of the people that he has made to accomplish his purposes. He's done that. But this guy wrote me, and I, I wrote him back, and I said, you have got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. The woman is a victim? And I told him, I said, you need to repent, man. I'm not posting this trash. This is against everything that you say you're for out of the scriptures. It, it's completely against it. And I don't think that guy can... I haven't seen a contribution from... Well, he's the same guy who wrote a big, long paper about men with long hair, as in the length of their hair. And I just... I shake my head... At goofiness like that. It's just goofy. It's like that preacher I played on here. It says beards are somehow worldly. What in the world? Did you not read the scriptures? Jesus had a beard and they were plucking it out. These people don't speak for God. They speak for themselves. They speak so they can get money. And so they can keep you know, doing their thing. That's what they're doing. My goodness. 
This is a lady. Um, her name is Desiree Mays. This was back in 2019. She is a... Um, She's affiliated there with Jeff Durbin's church. And this is what I'm talking about. This is one of many people I could pull, but this was uh, one of the articles that we had done. And uh, this is her speaking before the uh, Phoenix City Council in 2019 on the issue of abortion. And this is what I'm talking about, about what you see. Jeff just doesn't go and, and show up on a video or a podcast. We've had videos of him being out on the street confronting the tyrants, the, the tyrannical police who say, you're too loud, you got a bullhorn, and he goes, come back with a decibel meter, you know? I respect your authority of where God has put you, but uh, unless you've got a decibel meter, get to step in before you start tripping. And, and you'll love the way he does it because he doesn't do it in a condescending thing. It's just, this is a matter of fact, here's the things. This is one of his uh, congregants. Desiree Mays, I don't want you to listen. See, if you lead by example, the people will follow. Take a listen to this. Good afternoon, honorable representatives. My name is Desiree Mays. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, a local resident, a wife, a mother, and a member of Apologia Church. I come here today with the blessing of my pastors and the support of my husband and family. This week, our country celebrated Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And as you know, Dr. King had a dream, a dream that our nation would recognize that all people were created equal. Well, that dream is dead for nearly 60 million people. Since Roe v. Wade, nearly 60 million babies have been murdered. So that means every day for the past 46 years, children have been executed in our country, in our neighborhoods, all in broad daylight. This type of oppression is difficult to even wrap our minds around. You may have bought into the pro-choice mantra, her body, her choice. Well, that ignorant, unscientific argument has been debunked for decades. So I'm here today not to talk about her body, but I'm here to talk about the body inside of her body. The body that has his or her own separate and unique DNA, fingerprints, mind, and soul. Through modern ultrasound, technologies and through medical advancement, everybody knows the baby in the womb is an actual living person at conception. Science tells us this, and more importantly, God tells us this through his word. God also tells us that every single child is a gift to his or her parents. Regardless of the circumstances surrounding your conception, whether you were planned or unplanned by your parents, whether you were wanted or unwanted, whether you were born into poverty or wealth, whether you were born healthy or with special needs, whatever the circumstances were, each of you were a gift to your parents. As is every single child in the womb of their mother, Every single one of these lives, like yours, is precious and deserves the same protection as any other person made in the image of God. As a mother, I began to think that sometime in the not-so-distant future, while looking back at this grim era in history, our children and grandchildren might ask us, what were you doing? Where was everybody? So I come here today to plead with you to use your power to do something. God has sovereignly placed each of you in the positions that you're in. And now is the time to do your duty and stand up for what is right. Arizona already has a current law in the books that criminalizes abortion. Why are we not enforcing this? Ignore Roe and uphold AZ Statute 13-3603. Don't be ruthless tyrants like New York. 
be courageous and help Arizona to be on the first in this country to be on the right side of history by protecting the most defenseless among us. I know I speak for a whole army of other Christians when I say this needs to end now. We will not stop fighting and bothering you all until this monstrous, barbaric practice of legalized abortion ends, and we are teaching our children to do the same. Thank you. All right. Okay, so this is, again, your le- this guy is leading by example. These are his people who are up, and it's not just her. There's, there's tons of these that you can see where they go before the city council. They're going in among the, if you want to call them elders of the city there, who are supposed to judge on these things, and they're supposed to rule on these things, and they're supposed to uphold the law. You know, and I, I see some comments. It's my right to believe that God is against the death penalty, or that somebody's against the death penalty. Listen, friend, who gave the law for the death penalty? Let me ask you, because we're going to go through it. We're going to get to the scriptures. We're, we're right on that now. Who gave that law? The same Lord Jesus who gave the Old Covenant, the Abrahamic Covenant, the Adamic Covenant, the Noahic Covenant, the Davidic Covenant, and the New Covenant is the same one who gave the death penalty as punishment. You can't determine any other punishment except, and and do it justly, except through the law of God. I would ask our friend, if you believe that there's no death penalty, you you shouldn't engage in the death penalty, then I ask you, what punishment should be given? And I'll I'll guarantee you, you'll go to the whims of your own mind. Just like Thomas Jefferson on the sodomy issue, he wanted to cut off their genitals. How does that stop their passions? It doesn't. It doesn't. And yes, it's hard. And yes, it's serious. And yes, it's final. That's why you better know that that person is guilty of what they did. And that's why I don't want it happen at state level. I don't want it happen at the federal. I want it in the community. Because the people who know that person best are going to do everything they can to try to find that person innocent. And when all the evidence is out and it confirms their guilt, they're going to have nothing to do but to say, you're guilty. And you're going to face the punishment that God demands. Now, while we can't get in people's heads and we can't be thought police and all this other, we are to call them back to what the Word of God holds forth. And it holds forth that when you take a life, you're forfeiting your own. When you do it in a manner that's murder. Okay? And we're going to hit that in just a little bit. we got about 30 seconds here. So if you guys want to pick up, I'm going to cover some of these, a couple of scriptures here on this issue. And I'm going to show you, this is what God says. I didn't say it. I don't have a right to think differently than what God, in fact, my right is to conform to the word of God. That's my right, if you want to say it that way. My right is not to depart from God's word. It is to conform to it. And so is yours. It is a command. It is not an option. And so I want to look at some of those things. We're going to you know, look at a few passages that I pulled up here. So if you want to catch it, sonsoflibertymedia.com, before it's news.com, top of the page over there, and then rumble on Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And we're going to look at it, and then you're going to determine whether or not you're going to obey God or whether you're going to obey your own mind. Okay? Catch Bradley at 3. We'll see you back here in the morning, 6 a.m. with Mike Bamba. So you guys don't want to miss it. Trust and... All that other stuff. What, what, what? Hang on. Welcome, everybody, coming over from the radio. Mike Bambus is going to be coming on. If you guys have, you know, we talked about U.S. National. We talked about, we made mention of trust and things. If you are interested in that, and I've got some of the paperwork from Mike 
um, <clears throat> because I, I waited. There was some things after we had Roger Sales on, and I just said, yeah, there's something right there, just little missing pieces for me that I didn't go through with. And then when I met Mike in Michigan, I said, dude, we got to have you on. In fact, I'd love to have him on like just for an entire week, just to have him on, let everybody call in if they had questions. By the way, the number's you know available on the screen here, 803-619-9855. Please do not call me when we're not live. Please don't call me when we're not live. I got people calling at 11, 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning on that line. Don't call me then. Call me only when we're live. If we're not live, please don't call this number. I, I don't know why. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Anyway, <clears throat> let's look at a couple things. And by the way, Jesus reaffirmed the death penalty. He did. He didn't do away with it. He told the Pharisees, he says, if you got a guy who is dishonoring his parents, he is worthy of death. Paul in Romans 1, he lists all these people engaged in all these different kinds of sins. He says they're worthy of death, and so are those who take pleasure in them that do them. So the, the penalty, death penalty hasn't been done away with. Man just doesn't want to go there. Why? Because man, that is the number one fear that man has is death. Don't punish us. Don't dare punish us in the manner that God has said to punish us when we violate his law. Proverbs chapter 6. Here's what we see. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Now, that's a, that's a pretty big word. An abomination. They're disgusting. A proud look. A lying tongue. And hands that shed innocent blood and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Some of you guys who appear in the chat, sometimes, some of you, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. And then he says this, My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment, not the options, not your imaginations, the commandment of the Lord, that's what he's talking about, is a lamp. And the law is a light. It is not something to be done away with. The law, and, and I hear people say, well, we're under grace, not law. That's true. If you're, in, if you're in Christ, that's absolutely true. Nevertheless, Paul says, do we get rid of the law? No, we esteem the law. We hold it up. Why? Because the law is what brings men to Christ. Good grief. I don't know how people cannot understand what the Scripture is saying there. It's so clear. It's so clear. And reproofs of instruction are the way of life. <sighs> we're in the mess we're in in America, and if you're in another country and, and you're in a mess too, we're in the mess because we don't listen to this. We don't listen to the commands of God. We don't listen to the true, whole gospel message which puts forth the law that condemns the sinner and then gives them the good news of the gospel that saves them from their sin. 
and their sin is transgression of the law. And if you don't preach the law, you can never preach about sin, and you can never preach about a Savior from sin. You can't do it. They go hand in hand. And what does Paul tell us in Timothy? Again, the New Testament. He said the law is, if it's used lawfully, it's a good thing. And it's for, and he lists out all the things, fornicators, thieves, liars, sodomites, whatever the case may be, murderers. That's what the law is for. It's to distinguish when they've crossed the line so that they receive the punishment due to them. Do you understand? It's pretty simple. And that's in the New Testament. That's not Old Testament. That's New Testament. Because God has not changed. God's not changed. And you know what? Neither have men. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Men just find new ways to commit the same old sins. And God still brings about his punishments the same way he's always brought them about. Again, you know, I said it in Michigan. If you listen to the morning show, you listen to the afternoon show. If you want to see how God operates in the nation, read Leviticus 26, Deuteronomy 28. That's, he does that. You can see it in every nation on the face of the earth throughout history. How he judges them. God has not changed. And neither have men. We go back to Genesis chapter 9. You guys know after the flood what happens? Well, let's see. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth and upon all the fishes of the sea. Into your hand are they delivered. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you. Even as the green herb have I given you all things. But flesh and the life thereof which is the blood thereof, shall ye not eat. And surely your blood of your lives will I require, listen to what he says, the blood of your lives will I require, at the hand of every beast will I require. So if, a, if an animal takes your life, God's going to deal with that animal. And at the hand of man, if a man takes your life, God's going to deal with it. And how does he deal with it? Is he just zapping people dead? Nope. Nope, that's not what he says. And at the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. And listen to what he says. Here's how he deals with it. He deals with it with means. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, that's the murderer, by man, not by God, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. This is, this is the whole command here. And what's, God, what's God's command? Is it, to take, is it to shed innocent blood? Nope. You, verse 7, be fruitful and multiply. Bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. <laughs> yeah, God's desire is that we be fruitful and multiply. We don't want that. No, no, no. Give us our 1.25789 kids. We'll, we, we got it under control. We'll control it, God. We, we know what we're doing here. Right? The foolishness of man. It, it, we are. We're prone to just be the most foolish creatures in existence. And yet God says, this is how it's supposed to be. 
Now, I get it. Again, let me clarify. I get it. There are wicked men who use the system, the quote-unquote justice system, to put down their the, those who would dare dissent, those who would be politically against them. This is why I say you do it in the community. And even when you do it in the community, that thing has to be guarded because of the wickedness of man. Look, men are wicked at the local level, too. You guys see it. <laughs> but if you're going to carry this out, it's going to be carried out in the public. Go read Deuteronomy. When they stone people, it was the community that had to do it. And again, I've had people say, you just have a bloodlust. No, I, I, I wish people would repent. If you think I want to throw rocks at people, you are outside your mind. If you think I want to bring my children to that, you are outside your mind. You really are. That is not something that a godly person wants to do. They just, they don't want to do it. But if that's the duty that God has required of us, we'll do it. We're the ones to bring justice. We are God's hands. We're His body. This is not hard to understand. It really is. And, and again, I, I would just as soon see people repent rather than engage in that which is going to, you know, they're going to forfeit their life. I just, eh. Exodus chapter 21. We also read about the unborn child. Verse 21. Notwithstanding, if he continue a day or two, excuse me, I'm sorry, let's go down to verse 22, because that's dealing with um, the man and his maid. If men strive and hurt a woman with child, so that her fruit depart from her, and yet no mischief follow, he shall be surely punished, listen, listen, by the state. Is that the understanding? No, it's, that's not what it is. He shall surely be punished according to the, as the woman's husband will lay upon him. Why? Because the jurisdiction is the home. And some people don't understand this. There are several passages uh, about the jurisdictions. For instance, let me give you a couple of examples. One is if uh, a man finds that his daughter has played the whore in Israel, right? Um, that's his jurisdiction. Now, the Bible says that he, can, he takes her to the elders. The elders will determine whether or not she is, and if she is guilty of that, they take her to the doorstep of her father's home, and they stone her with stones. But the jurisdiction is the father's. So if the father wants to confront his daughter and he finds out she isn't, then he lets it go. If he finds out she is and she's repentant, he can, he can forego making it a, a, a criminal matter to take before the elders. That's his jurisdiction to do. It's not the state's. Okay? How do I know that? Well, we see in the New Testament that Joseph finds out Mary is pregnant with child, right? Now, what's any man going to think? You've been running around on me. There's another, because I haven't been with you. We haven't consummated our marriage yet. And so what happens? Well, we find that Joseph loved Mary and he didn't want to make a public spectacle of her. That's what the scripture says. And so he decided to put her away quietly. He wasn't trying to embarrass her more than whatever was going on or what people would perceive. He loved her. And that love was demonstrated in the action he took towards her. And then the angel came in and says, this is, you know, what's in her is from the Holy Spirit. And Joseph's like, okay, I get it. And you know what? Most of us don't even think about this. 
the humiliation. I don't want to say Joseph thought he was humiliated. He knew what the truth was. But in that culture, you can just sort of sense that people would have scowled at them. In fact, the Pharisees said, we're not born of fornication. They told Jesus that as implying that he was a bastard child. No, he's the son of God. God created a body for his son to dwell in. He didn't have a beginning His body did, but he didn't, and he came and dwelt in that body so that he might offer himself as the blameless, perfect, spotless Lamb of God for sinners. Okay? So we read in this passage here, in Exodus 21, It says, he shall be surely be punished according to the woman's husband will lay upon him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. So he's going to get a punishment from the husband, and the judges are going to determine whether or not he's going to make some type of restitution. Because the idea is the guy wasn't, he was, he was fighting with another man. He didn't go up to the woman, hit her in the stomach, or take a knife to her, any of this kind of... They were striving. The woman apparently gets in the middle of it, and the guys, they're, they're, they're passionate, and he swings or knees or whatever he does, and he, he hits the woman so that it damages the child inside of her. Or it kills her, whichever one. And this is what we see. Verse 23, And if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give a life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, Foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Hmm. And he goes on and he talks about dealing these things with the eye, with the tooth of his servants, whether it's his maid or his manservant. Um, He talks about dealing with his animals and all of these things. He's very particular, God is very particular about what he lays out for these punishments. And again, (laughs) Chris Matthews asked some good questions of Donald Trump in that interview. And Donald Trump doesn't know because he hasn't thought about it. He's on the spot. He's deer in the headlights. And he gave a, gr- he gave a great answer. There should be punishment. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that was, a, that was a good answer. And then he's tripping all over himself when it comes to doing the other. But there doesn't need to be a ban. It's already there. It's already there. If you do this, this is the penalty for it. It's there. We read about God's punishment in the book of Hosea. And there in, uh, in chapter 13, here's what we read. Samaria shall become desolate, for she hath rebelled against her God, and they shall fall by the sword. Their infants shall be dashed in pieces, and their women with child shall be ripped open. Ugh. And God warns about these things as curses. America has been living under curses for decades, and they think they're blessings. This is what the modern church thinks. I have preached some of these things and taught these things on this show and other places for a long time, long before I was doing radio. And I've had professed Christians 
tell me, no, we're not, we're not being cursed. We're under God's blessings. Don't you see all the blessings? And what they mean is they got their cell phone, they got their heating and air, they got their pool out back, they got uh, their, their fancy cars they ride in, they got food to eat, they can go and do whatever they want, and they think that's blessing. Now, certain parts of that are blessings. We still have some vestiges of the blessings of God, but our blessings are quickly turning into curses because we've departed from God. And isn't that what he said? Read Deuteronomy 15, uh, 28. Read it. He tells you, here's the blessings. Lays them out. And he says, if you won't obey me, here's the cursings. And, and, and it's like the, the blessings turn into those cursings. They slowly change over into the cursings that destroy the people. Okay, um, I've got, uh, I think somebody's calling in here. I think, maybe not. Okay, maybe I'm getting a spam call. <laughs> oh, somebody did call. So if you called, I, I apologize. I just looked down and the phone was making a, a racket. If you just called, please call back in. I will, I will take your call, okay? I, I went over here to the page and it's not showing up. So 803-619-9855. If you just called in, please give me a call back um, and I'll get your call. I guess I could call you back, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who it was. So if you did that, please give me a call. I will be glad to take you uh, on air, okay? Um, they're coming from the, I think that's, I can barely see because this screen that I'm looking on has a really bad thing. Okay, here we go. Here we go. All right. I'm going to bring this up here in just a second. Let me get them turned on. And uh, caller, are you there? Yeah, Tim. Relax. It's only stuffy. I just called in to say hello. <laughs> Happy okay. holidays to everybody. I, I'm here every morning. I see the chats. Grace always says hello. And some people, they know who they are. Cool. But uh, anyway, I wanted people out in Radio Land to know that uh, after three years of listening to you, I believe that you're truly a man of conviction, that you believe what you're saying. You're not like these police officers and judges and attorneys that say one thing and do another you're a true man of conviction. I want to thank you. God bless you and yours for the holidays and everybody else out there. I'm on the side. Stuffy out. See ya. Okay. Thank you, Stuffy. I appreciate you calling, man. Yep. Later. Okay. See, see you ya. next year. All right, man. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. There goes Stuffy. And uh, thank you for the call, Stuffy. Appreciate that very much. And um, yeah, same to you, brother. <clears throat> All right. One more. Some people will say, well... You know, Tim, you know, babies in the womb, they, they, you know, they're not really human. They're not this, that, and the other, and all these things. You know, you bought into the lie that they're just a blob of flesh, they clump of cells, and all this stuff. Then I have to ask you, what is going on with the cousin of Jesus? Luke chapter 1. You know, we're entering that time of year where people read these passages leading up to the birth of Christ. By the way, it was kind of interesting. I'm just going to let you know something. I, you know, I understand a lot of the stuff surrounding Christmas. I get it. Uh, winter solstice and combination of things. But there was something interesting my pastor brought up the other week, and he said, you know why December 25th came about? Because traditionally, not scripturally, we don't, we don't know. We're not told. In fact... The only thing I see in the New Testament that we're really called to remember is the, is the death of Christ. And that's commemorated in the Lord's table. 
Uh, we're not told to necessarily celebrate his birth. I don't think there's anything wrong with remembering the incarnation, teaching it, preaching it, being appreciative of God for it. But we read passages like this, and I think for too many of us, we read it, and it's kind of like we read it, but we didn't really get what was going on. Listen to this. This is from Luke chapter 1. This is what it says. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste and into the city of Judah and entered in the house of Zechariah. Remember, Zechariah, and she saluted Elizabeth. Zechariah and Elizabeth are who? John the Baptist's parents, right? And remember, she, she had the same issue. She was, she was barren, and, um, and Zechariah was the priest, and uh, his mouth was stopped until the birth of John the Baptist, at which time he opened his mouth and he says he's going to be called John because everybody wanted to name him after his daddy. He says his name is going to be John. Why? Because that's what the angel said it would be. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe, that's John the Baptist, leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, the other translations say the baby was filled with the Holy Ghost. And that caused her to speak out with a loud voice and say, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, and whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should, whew, should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salvation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And I, just for our Roman Catholic friends, if you're listening and you're Roman Catholic, I want you to see something here that Rome will not tell you because Rome has elevated Mary to co-redemptrix with Christ. It's not just Christ is the one and only mediator between God and man. No, no, no. You've got Mary in there because Mary can influence her son. That is so blasphemous and anti-Christ in nature. I, I just, I don't even know where to begin. But listen to what, listen to what the scripture says. And blessed is she, this is, this is Elizabeth, blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And she's talking about what Mary was told. And Mary said, listen, listen, listen. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in, and who, what, what does that say? God my Savior. Now, some of you may be familiar with the doctrine, <clears throat> and I'm not wanting to get way off of this, but I, I see it as an opportunity, if you're a Roman Catholic listening to this, uh, I do want you to hear what's being said there. Many of you have been told that Mary's a co-redemptrix. Many of you have been told that she was immaculately conceived. She was sinless just as Jesus was. Well, if you're sinless, if you're without sin, why do you need a Savior? You don't. Did Jesus need a Savior? Nope. But Mary does, and she acknowledges it with her own mouth. And then, of course, we know that they pray the rosary, and they think that because they're citing scriptures about these kinds of things, blessed is the fruit of your womb and all this other, that somehow that's right. But it's not. It's not. We're never called to pray to Mary or the saints that have gone before us. We're not called to do that. And they are living. I understand they're dead here as far as their bodies have been left here on the earth, but they're alive before our Father. 
But we're not called to pray to them. In fact, when the disciples came to Jesus, what did he tell them? He said, in this manner, therefore, pray. Lord Jesus, is that what he said? No, he said, our Father. Our prayers are to be directed to the Father by the power of the Spirit through the Son. See, they all have a role that they play in that. Jesus is our great high priest. But our prayers go to our Father. That's who we were to pray to. And here we see, even in the womb, the baby, John the Baptist, recognizes the voice of Mary, the one who's carrying the one he's going to be the forerunner for, the Lord himself, Yahweh himself, in the flesh, baby, as one guy said. In the flesh, he's going to be paving the road for him. And I got to ask you in all of this, what you have seen and what you have heard from these politicians telling you one thing with their mouth, but their hearts are far from God. Donald Trump, Mike Johnson, the rest of these cats. And it isn't just them. There's a whole plethora of people. And, and I think this exists in all of these little skirmishes and fights. You've got pro-Second Amend you know, Amendment groups who can't solve the problem and just deal a death blow to those fighting against it because if they do, they're out of their... They're out of their work. They're out of their money. It's the same stuff. Bring an end to it. Establish justice. Set forth liberty. Really do it. Quit playing with your food and eat it. <laughs> My goodness. But this is where we are. And we're here not because of Democrats... We're here because of those who claim that they are gods, that they love God and his word and the Lord Jesus and life and, uh, you know, all of this stuff, but in works they deny him. That's what we're here about. Are you one of those people who are just content to go along with the political establishment? Because that's what they're doing. They're just like those hypocrites that Jesus dealt with in Matthew 23 and, you know, going back into Matthew 20. And if you read from like, I think it's about Matthew 20, on through Matthew 23, Jesus never lets up on those people. Now, he is very compassionate. In fact, the Bible says that when he looked out among the people, he had compassion on them because he saw them as sheep wandering around like they don't have a shepherd. He had compassion on them. He treated the people of Israel different than he did with those who were those who studied the law and sought to uphold it and everything else. He dealt with them completely different. And if you're those who continue to play this political game, you continue to say one political party is better than the other, You'll justify the sins and the crimes and the treasonous acts of, of the Red Party. There's, there's an irony for you. The Red Party. Mm -hmm. You know what red... Yeah, okay. I'll let you figure it out. Versus the Blue Party. They're both working for the same agenda. When Mike Johnson went and shut down that bill, he's doing the same things the guys wearing the blue jersey are doing. Same thing.
We won't have God rule over us. Oh, we'll give him lip service. Our hearts are far from him because it'll cost us. It'll cost us money. It'll cost us support. It may cost us our position. We can't, we can't push this stuff. Beware the leaving of the Herodians. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just as much as you're aware of the leaving of the Pharisees, beware of those of the Herodians. And neither one of them are following after God. Neither one of them. When are the people of God going to get it? I know many of you do, so I don't mean to chastise many of you uh, out there. I, I know many of you do get that. You get it. But there are some of you still stuck in that. And would to God that he would grant real repentance to us as a whole. I, I, I... Jeremiah cried out in Lamentations, Lord, turn us and we'll be turned. See, can the leopard change his spots? Neither, than, neither can you who are accustomed to doing sin. Stop. You, you can't change yourself. You're in desperate need of the living God to breathe life into you and to say, come forth. You're, many of you are in desperate need of that. You've heard it all your life. You've been like this guy, me. You've done whatever the preacher said. Walk that aisle. Walk that way. And won't you come? And won't you come? Right? You, you've, you've come to the front. You've walked the aisle. You've cried the tears. You've prayed the prayers. You've went through the Romans road. You've done the four spiritual flaws and all this other stuff. But you've never been born again because that does not come through your flesh doing things. It comes through the Spirit of God who works as He will in accordance with the Word of God. You know, we used to have a question in the catechism, and it talked about that as well. It's the Spirit and the Word working together in harmony to accomplish God's person, uh, God's purposes in the hearts of the people who hear. That's why He gets the glory. Today, we see people come to Christ and they get all the glory. Oh, they'll, they'll give lip service to God, but then they start elevating them immediately. They elevate them. Now, look, I, I'm, it's great to talk to new converts who are genuinely converted. It's great to talk to them, to see that joy and that excitement. And it's like everything becomes new, just like the scripture says. Old things are passed away, all things become new. And they got so many questions, and all of a sudden they're seeing stuff, but they can't put it all together. What, what a blessing it is to see God do that work in their life. We need that in the lives of the people here in America. Father, would you bring that? Would you grant your people repentance and true faith and raise them up that it might be known that you are the one doing it and not them of their flesh and that you would be glorified and turn us back to you. Even in this late moment, please do it. In Jesus' name we ask. Guys, have a great day. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, sonsoflibertymedia.com, beforeitsnews.com, and also on Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And then Lord willing, we're going to be back in the morning. Mike Bambus, you don't want to miss this. Seriously, you don't want to miss this. Don't worry, you won't have to have pen and paper. I'm going to put all of these documents that we're going to talk about in the archives 
I really believe, we talked about it last night, I really believe this is going to be a tremendous help for many of you, okay? If you'll do it, if you'll do it, I think it'll be a tremendous help for you. It will alleviate some of the things that probably bother you in your mind um, and get you ready to do what you need to do because for many of you, God has you here for such a time as this. All right, we'll see you back in the morning. Lord willing, 6 a.m. Adios.